Get ready and get set because here comes another episode of the Sales Development Podcast powered by Tenbound, hosted by David Delaney. My name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 178 featuring the incomparable Dan Ho, SDR manager at Hacker One. And this episode goes right in to Dan's story about how he got into sales development. Actually, after being an AE, a very interesting journey. You definitely want to listen to that because it shapes the rest of the conversation. At minute five, David asks Dan what it was like to be a team lead, scaling a team from zero to 20 plus reps, all brand new graduates, also carrying a number himself, and how he managed all of it. If any of you out there listening to this or dealing with a similar situation, you definitely wanna tune in at the five minute mark. 20 minutes in, Dan gets super tactical on what his week looks like as an SDR leader at Hacker One. All of you sales development reps that are thinking about getting into sales development management roles, you definitely wanna tune in at 20 minutes, listen to what Dan has to say about what his week looks like. Moving right along, minute 28, Dan talks about the challenge that he faces selling in to the CISO office. The chief information security officer is one of the hardest prospects to sell into, to engage with, and why he loves that challenge. And then at minute 31, David asks Dan what he sees in his future. Somebody who's been scaling teams, leading teams, managing teams, what is next for somebody like Dan? And he shares that with us. If you have any feedback for us on this episode, please feel free to leave us a review, hit that like button, subscribe to the Sales Development Podcast. You can head over to 10bound.com, sign up for our newsletter so you're staying up to date on all things sales development. And for now, you can enjoy this value-packed episode of the Sales Development Podcast, episode 178, featuring Dan Ho. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored to be joined by this guest all the way from across the pond, really far away, actually, from me here in San Francisco, Mr. Dan Ho, SDR Manager at Hacker One. How are you doing today, Dan? Hey, how you doing, David? Thanks for having me on the show. I feel LinkedIn famous, almost, almost <laughs> LinkedIn famous. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I was introduced to you through Jimmy Chen, who I've worked with for many years now as he's come up through the ranks of the sales development world. He's an amazing individual and he wanted me to talk to you. I mean, you have, you've had a great journey through the sales development world. You're now the SDR manager at HackerOne. How did you get into sales development and you know, end up over at HackerOne? So let's cut it short. I mean, I've started in sales when I was 18 in college and I was part of a company called Southwestern Advantage, it's called now. We used to sell education materials, study guides, like door-to-door. And that's kind of what set off the uh, chain reaction. Did that for a couple of summers during my college years. And then after college, it was, I worked in a, a couple of 360 sales roles. Back then, the idea of even having an SDR was... It wasn't as widespread as it is now. Aaron Ross's principles hadn't infected large portions of sales teams, especially here in the UK. 
I worked for a company called Global Data for about just under a year. I did okay there. I bumped about from job to job, but it wasn't until I came back down to London in 2016 that I finally made the big dive into tech. And actually, I started out as an AE, as an account executive. I did okay. Definitely wasn't a great AE. I was very much one of those either like, like a hit hit and miss target like like month for month type of AE. But the one thing that I did really like was the fact that one, there were SDRs and there were people to coach. So that that was my natural inkling was also to coach like the youngers on the team. And I was I, I was handpicked. I was asked by the former vice president because he was actually like fully just setting up the SDR team at the company that I was at called uh, PatSnap in 2016. That was when the uh, journey took off from then. As a company, we were fast growing. You know, Every single year, we would have our series A, B, C. After C closed, the growth in the SDR team was, it was immense. I, I was the first, within the first four months that I'd been an SDR team lead when he asked me to switch over from being an AE. I hired 23 grads. And from then, that, that's where the, the love affair with sales development uh, really grew because it was, it was the energy around it, you know, energy around having like new grads come in and wanting to learn the ropes like that. Um, that was how I got started. Interesting. And did you cross paths with Russ Hurl by any chance at Pat Snap? That's him. Okay. That's, that's, that's what you're talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, what a small world, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small world. So yeah, it was Russ. Uh, Russ actually did my uh, reference for uh, Hacker One as well. You, you spoken to uh, Jimmy. So yeah. Very wow. Small. So you're also spoken for by Russ. Okay, dude, this guy, Dan Ho, is <laughs> he's got credentials. Russ is over in like Singapore now or somewhere with Google, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he left, yeah, funnily enough, the month that he <laughs> that I joined the SDR, SDR world at PatSnap, he had accepted a, an offer to lead the sales team for Google Cloud, I believe it is. And uh, yeah, now, now he's doing the same thing, growing the APAC market out from Singapore. He, he's an amazing guy. Russ, if you're listening, I don't know if he's listening, but great, great dude. Okay. So this is really interesting. So you worked with Russ. Russ is like a legend in the sales development industry. I mean, I, I learned half of the stuff I know from Russ. And so he plucked you out and put you in this position. And then you ended up hiring 23 graduates. What was that like? It was, when I look back at it now, it's kind of insane because the, <laughs> just the numbers of people coming in, that they are naturally going to be certain certain effects. Like, how is it going? Like, you ask questions like, how is this going? How are we going to train everyone? How are we going to onboard everyone? What's the culture going to look like after we like inject all of these fresh grads in? So, but again, like, I, I was swept up by you know like the the energy of it. I like seeing the the positives of like what this person in front of me that I'm interviewing now. What can they actually be like, in in six months from now, a year from now? And that was the exciting part of it. What was it like? It was manic, like having to balance team leading my own team of 11 SDRs, looking off my own number, and then carving out time to do plenty of interviews. It was fun, but it was it was difficult at the same time, but wouldn't change it any other way. Maybe yeah. And, and so I talk to people a lot. The team lead role is always tough, right? Because you're 
an individual contributor and you're doing manager stuff and they're two completely different jobs, right? Yeah. And it gets talked about from time to time on, on LinkedIn, you know, revenue collective Slack channels or whatnot, but it's when you're a team lead, you are a super rep. When you go from team lead to manager, again, you, you bring that mindset with you of whether you want to call it micromanagement, helicopter parenting, or, you know, yeah. I'm the best, so I'll do it for you. <laughs> like I'll book the meetings for you. I think everybody goes through that journey. And that's what it was like for me while I was a team lead. It was slowly balancing the need of, do I want to do it for them or do I want to let them crash, burn, and then come back to me feedback? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you land on that debate? Because I, I, you know, I think that's always the challenge. You've got this big number over your head on the individual contributor side, but you don't want to let the team down as well. And the other thing is a lot of team leads don't necessarily get paid, you know, for the additional, you know, work that they're doing. They just get a title change that could lead into a manager position at some point down the road. So how do you balance that? Oh, you hit the nail on the head there. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, dude, we get real on this show. Yeah, no, no, that's good. That's good. Like (laughs) blunt honestly. Excellent. So I played around with it in my head. Like when I first started, I was like, you know what? I just got to outbook everyone. I got to outbook them, be the best on the floor, show them, show them the way. You know, that's what that's what Musashi says. Like you follow the way. After a few months of that, I realized that you know what? More effective than that is like trying my best to like impart wisdom and rather than teaching them specific tactics, it's to impart like the concepts and the principles of what we need to do. So rather than just like telling them to say the lines and regurgitate the script, it morphed into, into discussions about like EQ and, you know, what, what is the prospect thinking? What is, and storytelling, you know, how do I make this person feel important? You know, the hero's journey, all of those different concepts. And yeah, I went from needing to prove that I was super rep to turning into a rep where I was like, I'll look after my own number within the first two weeks of the month. And then the next two weeks, I'll give, give all my time to them. And I actually worked out quite well. What didn't work out so well was the other tactic that I tried, which was, you know what, first two, two months, I'll get all of them to target and then I'll look after myself. That, that, that's a big no-no. Don't, don't leave your target to the last two months of the two weeks of the month. It's stressful to say the least. Got it. So you broke the month out into... The first two weeks is all you. You're going to be heads down, yeah. making your number. And then the next two weeks, once you feel comfortable there, then you move to the team lead stuff. Yeah. Generally, that was how I felt. Of course, within the, like the first two weeks, I would always be desk coaching, always be desk coaching on the side because we were in a, let's call it what it was, like a bullpen type of setup. Yeah, There were a lot of people and a lot of phones around us. So it was easy to desk coach and to listen to what they were saying at the same time. And what do you, what do, you do about that now that you're in COVID lockdown? Do you use technology to replace that or how, how does that work? Yeah. Like now, now that there's not the sales floor and the energy to feed off, we, we, we have to pivot. Now, the problem with not having that and not being able to like listen to recorded calls and um, like hacker one's pretty pretty stringent with our interpretation of gdpr so for us like, if i need to do things live then you know we'll, we'll all jump into a 
a Zoom call together and uh, we'll just like, dial together. Whoever gets the first pickup, like, everybody else listens and puts the phone down. So we, we do that live. But I've shifted everything from like live desk coaching to a principle-based like, application. So what I normally do is on Tuesdays and Fridays, we, it's optional, but you know, the people that want to get better turn up at 8am on Tuesdays and Fridays, we do a session and it will be either mock calls or, or call listening to the American calls, or we may do like account plans. But the whole idea is that I want them to upskill their soft sales skills and their business acumen. Like generally speaking, I'm like nowadays, I, I don't tend to micromanage like the what they say, just talk to them about their about what their reactions and the tendencies are like inside their head and try and figure out, okay, is this right? And is there any adjustments that are needed to make them a more effective rep in the long run? It's interesting because, you know, I think there's a big tendency to manage by numbers, you know, because at least, especially as the technology is taken over, you see the numbers, you see the number of activities, the number of dials, the number of emails, you know, and then how it converts into meetings. Is there an element of that in, in your management or, or is that sort of a high level, you know, look? And then you're really spending a lot of time with them more on these principles. Yeah. Jimmy's going to probably hang me for this, but no, I, I don't really care about numbers. <laughs> it's, about effect- it's about effectiveness. I mean, look, there's... Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, that's, this is really interesting. I spoke to plenty of SDR managers like on, on Slack channels, on you know Zoom calls and whatnot when the pandemic happens. And I saw two big reactions. One is people said, hey, you know what? Like, they're not in the offices anymore. How are we going to get through to these prospects? You know what? We're just going to send them more emails, hit them with more activity. I'm like, okay. Over time, if you have to push reps to do that, it burns them out. For me... I always thought, you know what, I'm going to make, I can't control what's on the outside world. What I can control is if I can help my reps sharpen their swords so that when they get through to someone that they are super effective, because then it becomes so much more like fun. The job becomes far more fun when you can cold call someone and hold a 20 minute conversation with a C-level prospect. Like that's where I've always wanted to get my reps to is if you can, you know, a FTSE 100 company. C level person, they pick you, pick up the phone, and you keep on buying their time. That is what I want. And when it comes to targets and metrics and whatnot, the reps that I hire, they're smart people and they know that this is a sales job and they know what their target is. Like, I'm going to let them deal with that by themselves. Like, you, you know how much effort you need to put in. Like, over time, you'll figure that out. Right? And if you're hitting your head against the, a wall, for example, your emails aren't, aren't being opened or your calls aren't getting picked up, then come have a chit chat with me and we'll, we'll discuss other, other tactical things for you to get through so that you can show what you're made of when you get through to the decision maker. Yeah, so it's, it's always, always effectiveness over efficiency for me. I don't care how many calls, you, calls or emails you write. It's just like, can you get the job done? And are you as a rep, like, adding to your skill set so that you are ready for the next role, whether that's you're an AEAM marketing, whatever, your goal should not be to make dial for dial's sake. It's to make yourself a better professional. 
So I think that people people default back to the metrics, right? Because it's easier to just refresh a dashboard and see, okay, he didn't make enough calls today. So that, that's obviously why he didn't make his number. So how do you measure the effectiveness? Is, are you just essentially looking at the results of what they're doing? And if the results start to lag, then you go talk to them? Yeah, that's pretty much like my first, first reaction. Like I'm getting better at using data to preempt and, and show them so that they can self-analyze. I think that part there was actually like a big part of, part of me that was missing. Like going from team lead to manager is having that data fluency to make the right hypotheses. Like, you know, when you go up to a rep and ask, like, I'm noting seeing X and Y about this data. Like, what do you think that is? I'm getting a little bit better at that. But when it comes to like tracking reps, yeah, it's just the it's just the end goal. Like my, my indicators are have you hit target and then how much information are you getting out of the prospect that fits into, you know, like your understanding of the company's place in the world and what their pain points are, the impact of that pain amongst the bigger business, and then who's the buying committee. If you can get like those four things, like you're pretty good. Like you're it means that you've got somebody to trust you so much that they're willing to impart that impart that info on you. Okay. And give us those four things again, just so in, in case we miss that. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, it's company structure. So the buying committee, like who are the actual, like who are the influencers and then who are the decision makers? I'd like to understand the pain and then the impact of that pain. The impact part is the most important. There's the big difference between an implied pain and an explicit pain. Like an implied pain at Hacker One would be something along the lines of, hey, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know like how many bugs I get or whatnot. Cool, but what does that mean? And uh, you need to find not the impact of like not knowing, not knowing that answer. You also need to understand. Sorry, did I cover that? And, and also that the company itself, like, do you understand like their corporate goals and where they think their place in the world is? Got it. Okay. And so the, you're really focused on that. So what does a schedule look like for you in managing like this? So you said you've got on Tuesdays and Fridays. There's an optional session for people they better show up by the way if anybody's listening to this. <laughs> if you're like no nah, i'm good you know that's not a really good look so there's optional sessions but what what is like a week look like for you as the manager yeah the week we do a lot of one-to-one time here so for my weeks i'll break down what the team looks like stand-ups in the morning for 10 minutes we tend not to talk business during those during those 10 minutes because I find that that stand-up time should be sacred to just talk about like who we are are as people, whether it's having you know, breakfast, <laughs> like what breakfast are we having, or like what TV show we watched last night. So those are the stand-ups. We'll have a team meeting on a Friday, usually for about a half an hour. Wednesdays at the moment, we have an hour where it's a, a group creation, creation or discussion session. And usually during those, that one hour, we will like create a sequence like together, whether it be like scenario based or industry based, you know, some, something creative, or we'll do like account plans together because the power of like, having an SDR team is the diversity of thought and making sure that everybody pitches in so that, you know, we don't get, we don't get siloed <laughs> like, in our thinking. What else? The, every SDR also gets two half hour one-to-ones per week, Mondays and Thursdays for me. And the, what, the Monday one is coaching and you know, setting out the week. Thursdays is 
typically based on numbers and what what happened. And then other than that, I've like various like internal meetings. Uh, the SDR management team, we, we get together, we get together once a week as well. And then I have a line manager uh, meetings with uh, Jimmy twice a week. So lots and lots of internal meetings. <laughs> a lot of meetings. And and so with the coaching, I'm, I'm curious, what what's your agenda for those Monday meetings? Is there a set agenda or do they bring in what they're struggling with or what they need help with? Yeah, that's exactly it. So if you're a new rep, generally, I need to have, well, reps and managers typically need some time to get like into the flow with each other. So our Monday meetings used to be like relatively regimented. There were certain questions that we needed to ask, like, you know, who did you target? Like, why? Like, what do you want to improve on this week? What are like, uh, what are the things you think you're like good at at the moment? Like nowadays, now that my team is a tenured, we just go on walks now. Uh, we put on put on our earphones and we have a phone call. We do walking one to ones, and the only thing that I ask of them is like, you bring one topic to talk about. I'll t- I'll pick one topic to talk about. And recently, they have been on things like, what other skills do I need to fill the AE role? How do we create, like make noise and create internal chatter within our prospects accounts so that they will come to us, you know, asking those sort of questions. Interesting. And then you'll come back to them later in the week and see how it went. Yeah. 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 So following up on things that they said that they they were going to do or, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something new every time, but, you know, as all sales and sales technique and coaching is it's just constant reinforcement of, of what was taught before, but sometimes given like a different lens to figure out what what these scenarios are. Got it. And then what in the group creation, that's a really interesting thing. So do you require that people bring in ideas or targets, or is it just sort of, okay, we're going to brainstorm on how to support a campaign. What, What does that look like? Yeah. 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 So it's all scenario based. So like you, you, hit the nail on the head with one of them. So every quarter we have a campaign, a large campaign, and we create like sequences that run in step with the touches that marketing send out so that we don't double up on the same days. And then we also create something which is a bit more personalized for our prospect. And generally, generally these are SDR led. Like me, I've pretty much taken very much a backseat to these things now. I might make a comment here and there about, oh, maybe minor tweak. But generally, yeah, they're created by my SDRs, the, the sequences. Other times, like last year, we used to listen to the CISO Vendor podcast, which is a podcast pretty much tailor-made for cybersecurity salespeople. And we would pick like the topic of the week, make a sequence or a template out of that. Other than that, we'd also pick you know certain buyer personas or certain industries and make persona or industry specific messaging and templates. And the whole idea is that they they think through through it themselves and they keep on asking themselves the question, like, is this good enough to get noticed? What would happen if you received that? Like, would you really care like, if you were the buyer? Got it. Okay. And then tell us about the CISO vendor podcast, because I remember that that came out a few years ago. I haven't heard about it lately, but it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The CISO Vendor Podcast, they have their, uh, you know, they'll typically bring in like a head of a department at a company or a CISO and discuss the, the hot topic of the week. And it might be 
something like the question might be, oh, like, you know, I'm a CISO and I'm finding it difficult at the moment to translate how big the risk is that we're taking to my board who only care about like figures and like, you know, what the revenue and like run rate and churn rate is. Right. And for people that don't know, a CISO is a chief information security officer. So they're kind of like the top, you know, top of the food chain in cybersecurity at a company, uh, which is what you guys are calling to. But sorry, go ahead. So you listen to this. They're revealing their pain points on this podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's also, I like the way that they run their podcast because it's like a skit show, you know, and there's one long, like about 20 minute interview. And then the rest of them will be like product pitches. And then they, they'll have a set like a game show portion where they'll talk about like two good things, two bad things of the week. And there's like do's and don'ts type of advice from CISOs. You know, what's the what's the worst thing you've heard from a salesperson this week? <laughs> and that would flame the uh, salesperson. It's nice. It's, oh, that's uh, hilarious, dude. I and I sold cybersecurity for a few years, and it's a really really hard business to go in. I mean, they're basically their job is to keep you out, right? I mean, they're security professionals, so they're like <laughs> they know how to get rid of you and get right. Absolutely, and <laughs> as sadistic as. Yeah, I mean, is it sadistic? No, as masochistic as it sounds, uh, that's why I took Hacker One as a role because I know that's the hardest buyer. I've already sold to CTOs before, sold to marketing, and I'm not saying that that's easy, but there's just chief information security officers, like they just don't like salespeople. So my thinking behind it is like, if I can teach like grads to be able to hold that you know, 20 minute conversation with a head of InfoSec, they can do anything because these people are naturally like resistant <laughs> to, to being sold to. It's crazy, dude. I mean, here in San Francisco, we used to have the RSA conference and they probably do it in London too, but it's like, you know, you walk around and there's 600 vendors that have various sized tables at this conference. And it's like, how the hell do you choose what you need based on this? It's crazy. And that's why Gartner and, those IDC and those companies exist because they're just like trying to whittle it down. So I don't envy you, but you're right. It is, if you're going to call any industry, this is a good one to cut your teeth on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this is great. So Dan, what do you have coming up next? You know, what are you working on? What are you excited about? What's next for you? The next thing for me, something that I'd like to do is the second line management. I'd like to have you know, my own uh, team leader or manager to work with and to coach through because that's just one more skill that I'd need to develop. That's probably the next thing is developing that, I don't know, would you call it like leadership presence? Something something along those lines? Executive presence. Yeah. 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 Executive presence. And can I still lead a team if I'm not like in the weeds? If I take one step back, like can I manage managers? That's the next challenge because it just throws up so many more questions. Like, how do you influence whilst also taking a step back? So that's a great challenge. It's interesting because another guy who you might have met already, Taylor Scoto, is a good friend of Jimmy's. And he went through our, we do a SDR manager training and he went through it and he's like, yeah, this is great, you know, but I've been a manager for several years. When is, when are you guys going to do the SDR director training? 
And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, cause it is exactly, it's like a whole new set of skills that you have to learn and the way that you interact throughout the company. But how many people would actually take that course? You know, there's probably about 20, 27 people in the world that want to go from SDR manager to director. So I tell you what, leave a comment below and <laughs> we'll, we'll develop it if you guys want to do it. Oh, I love the plug. I love, I love this work. <laughs> All day. All yeah. day, dude. <laughs> right? So Dan, dude, this is awesome. I think, you know, anybody who is in this role, there's a lot of a great, great tips and, and tactics here for folks. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? What groups are you in? Where do you hang out the most online? In London, we have a, it's called the Sales Development Leaders. We have a Slack channel. There's like, what, is there close to 200 of us now? Like, and it's a mere specific. I'm on there like a lot. Hit me up on LinkedIn or you can email me like at dho at hackerone.com. Awesome. That's great. And that makes me think too, for another shameless plug is once COVID goes away, it's going to soon. We need to do a conference over in London, right? The sales development conference. We had one, we were talking about this. We had one planned in, in NYC for 2020, which unfortunately got postponed, but you know, why not? It's a completely different world there and different issues and different challenges. And we need to bring the, the team together. So Let's talk about it more. I'm all for it. Come, <laughs> come see me. Like I've already given you those contact details. Come join that Slack channel and like we'll, we will talk about like after party. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's the whole reason that people go to the conference. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag networking. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Sales Development Podcast. Excellent. Thank you very much for inviting me, David. Much appreciate. You're all warm and fuzzy and like famous now. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.